Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream, or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923 and enter the PIN 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. I just wondered if I was going to get back in time to get that. My computer, I've got about a bazillion programs open. Almost didn't get back, but we got it fixed. Welcome to Sports Lounge Live for what is today's date? June the 8th. June 8th. 2021. And what is the show number, Chris? And show number 147. That's one of the programs that Bill has open on his computer, or we wouldn't be on the air. Thank goodness. See, We don't have Rick with us tonight. Uh, Rick Swan, he is at his granddaughter's graduation. And I just heard on Miss A here that uh, we're going to have a severe thunderstorm warning, or we have one, in the next hour. So hopefully they're not too far from here. But thunderstorms are goofy. They they, they could be fine over there and, you know, we could get nailed or vice versa. So uh, they'll do the best they can, but they are having it out outdoors. So we'll see how they do. But the t- and by the way, by the way, tip of the cap to her. She for that's is it right. a high school graduation? A high school graduation. Good uh, she, for her. <clears throat> that's right. Her name is Bailey, and she is graduating from uh, Blue Hills uh, Regional High School in Canton, Massachusetts. Yes, there's a Canton, Massachusetts. And uh, then um, you know she's going to be going on to UMass Boston. So that's pretty cool. And uh, so then, Sean, you had an anniversary too. Happy anniversary to you and uh, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you. you guys had a lot of fun this weekend, I guess, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, it was my niece's graduation party. She graduated last week, but right. they had the party this past Saturday, so we, mm-hmm. we were at that on a lot of fun, a lot of craziness. So your anniversary was D-Day. Yeah. Yes. How many, how many years? How many years? No, we gave, no, we gave Rick's uh, granddaughter. Sean, what's your niece's oh. name? What's her first name? Haley. Haley. So Haley and Bailey. To her too. Haley, Haley and, and Bailey. Bailey. Very yeah. good. Okay. All right. Well, I have gotten smart in my old age, and I have written up an agenda for this show because last week I almost missed something. So I've gotten an agenda together, and we'll see how we do with it. And this is, as Jeff would say, a very busy podcast. So we're going to do, of course, our go round through the panel. Well, the death list first. We're going to do the go round through the panel. Then we'll do college sports because college we have a basketball story. We have baseball. We have it's softball. It's a huge and we basketball. Have it's a huge basketball. Huge sport. basketball story. So stay tuned for that. Major retirement. Major retirement. So we have all those all those sports for college this week in the middle of June. That's crazy. Then we have horses. We have the thing about Medina Spirit and the Belmont itself. Then we finally get to MLB. Uh, that's the third thing, and usually it's uh, right at the top. So baseball, then the NBA, then the NFL. Little a couple, a few, uh, you know, maybe some. Uh, uh, potential leagues coming up for next spring, and then some NFL news, NHL. Then we have uh, tennis, and if we have time, we got gymnastics too. So uh, anyway, a lot going on. So let me give you the uh, death list, and then we'll start going through the panel. 
And uh, Leon Burtnett, 78 years old, was a Purdue football coach and from 82 through 86. Mike Marshall, he's our big guy this week, uh, and we'll talk about another death we just found out about at the end of this list. But Mar- Mike Marshall, 78 years old, he uh, was a longtime relief pitcher, Cy Young Award winner from the bullpen with the Dodgers in 74. Ralph Davis, 82 years old, the Cincinnati uh, took was in the Final Four team of the Cincinnati Bearcats with Oscar Robertson. And these two guys graduated, and then they won the championship. Kind of funny that way. They couldn't get past Ohio State for uh, one year with Jerry Lucas and John Havlicek and Bob Knight. Uh, then we have... Uh, Jim Byrne, 74, Houston Oilers wide receiver. Is it my imagination or do we lose a Houston Oiler every week? Seems like we do. And also, this guy played for the Chargers, I think. Most of the Oilers played for the Chargers, too. So that's kind of strange. Okay. Uh, Bill Scanlon, 64 years old. He was a pro tennis player. Eric Mobley, 51 years old. And he was a pit a center for Pitt Panthers and then in the NBA. And then uh, Rod Breedlove, 83 years old, Washington linebacker. And then Vince Promuto. And he, they both started in 1960, so I guess they must have come into the team together. He was a guard for Washington from 60 through 70. So no playoff games for those guys. And it wasn't those days for the, for the Washington team. Redskins, we can call them the Redskins for that. Yeah. But my panel. And, the, and of, don't forget Jim Fossil, okay? Chris. We added him. Jim, I'm sorry. We, yes, and Jim Fossil. Uh, passed away and we uh, won't have his info and he was and he was 71 and i was i was listening to the fan this morning chris and i don't know what he died of but apparently he died on the operating table so okay well i'm 71 that's not good i don't like to hear that so anyway of course my uh, panel thing this week is uh for about danny ainge and that we had huge stories we had uh medina spirit mike shashevsky and danny ainge all on wednesday crazy crazy day we had our uh, our show kind of framed for us well danny age Ainge, it turns out, because I read a lot more about it on the Globe, but see, this is the thing, when you listen to talk show, they speculated about this and that and why he got he was really fired and all this other stuff, but I don't think so. He no. approached the Celtics after uh, what grows back in, uh, in Steve Pagliuca uh, right after the trade deadline, and, you know, he's uh, 62 years old. He had a heart attack in May of 19, and his fan, he wanted to spend more time uh, – you know, with his family, they were urging him to step away and there's uh, less, you know, so he can just do whatever. He's going to still help the Celtics. He's going to help. Uh, uh, and of course, Brad Stevens got the general manager job, uh, who, of course, was the president. coach and he's and, a yeah, president or whatever they're calling him. Uh, and yeah, head of basketball operations. I think that's what he is. Anyway, whatever he is, he's got the job. And um, Brad, but Danny's not going away. He's going to help them. So if you were fired, they take the keys. They don't let yeah, you if you're fired. You're gone. Yeah, you're gone. So, no, he's yeah. parting on good terms. He may get back on the broadcast booth that's not a strenuous life and he did a good job with that so that's the kind of thing i think we'll see from him so brad stevens uh uh, he got to do less, tra- less traveling too. His son's in the ninth grade. His daughter's in the sixth grade. And uh, and, and you know some of these things, I guess, were bothering uh, Danny Ainge, where he saw saw that life was kind of too short. John Havlicek died recently. Casey Jones, Tommy Heinsohn. You know, um, so you know that makes you think. He was three fifty four. Brad was three fifty four and two eighty two in coaching. Not a bad record. And then uh, and then uh, Danny lied to Dan Shaughnessy and apologized to him because he told him that he and Brad would be back on May fourth. But uh, he just said, you know, I, I just had to do what I had to do. So and that was it for, keep, for that. It's a, way, it's a way to keep Brad Stevens there because he was thinking about going back to college anyway. There was a, there were colleges that wanted him. And I think, he, like you said, he was getting burnt out on coaching. And there was just – And, uh, 
I, I, I think what they also the Celtics also I think want a former player. So the the uh, people they're thinking about, or the people that we're thinking about, because we don't know what they're saying, but they were thinking about uh, Sam Cassell, Chauncey Billups, you know, people who are already coaching have some coaching experience to come in because you've already got two superstars. Not like Brad. Brad came in with a pretty young team and could do whatever, and they were going to rebuild, and that's fine. But you know, you, when you're going to have two superstars and two a couple other players, and what are you going to do with Antoine Walker? What are you going to do with Marcus Smart? So you've got some uh, established veterans. So you need a little bit of a presence there, and I think that's what they're going to go for. So anyway, so... Uh, Sam Presti. I've heard you could bring Sam Presti in as his GM, kind of, you know, and do that, and then, you know, you'll have, kind of as a mentor. Oh, I think they like their assistant Sam GM Presti. that they've got, too, so... Yeah, you mean Mr. That. Process? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's see, who's, uh, who's next? Uh, we, go to, we go to me. We go to Perry, because Perry. Rick is not here tonight. Rick yep. is not here, so uh, it is a... Boy, it is really, really, really hot here. It's probably 90 degrees, the humidity is high, so it's it's not going to be a beautiful time. The I-Cubs, just in time for it to get hot, come home. They play the Columbus Clippers tonight. That's, of course, the Cleveland Indians AAA team. At least it's a new team. We've been playing Omaha and St. <laughs> Paul seemingly for weeks now, so it's good to see somebody new. Um, but, uh, of course, we've been into the college baseball. We we listened to the Ole Miss uh, Southern Miss game yesterday. Um, uh, my wife and I were listening to that. and it, Boy, the game seemed to never end. The Ole Miss had like a nine-run lead. Southern Miss cut it to three. They, their closer, Ole Miss's closer, Taylor Broadway, had to get a two-inning save. They had to depend on uh, a grand slam from uh, Tim Elko, who we mentioned a week ago with the torn ACL. The guy can barely wow. run, but <laughs> nonetheless, you, you just teams like that who, who are facing, you know, uh, with something like that, you just you, you love it when teams like that do well. It, it helps that I'm an Ole Miss fan, but um, – yeah. They were doing well in the college baseball. The Cubs are, well, they're okay. Unfortunately, we had a bad weekend in San Francisco, but um, they're they still. They San Diego last night, and they're tied for first. So They are, so they're yeah. still there. And Other than that, Bill, what's up in Indiana? Well, you know, you mentioned the hot weather, and it's warm here. But this seems to doesn't even compare to Florida. Mm, that heat no. there, I mean to tell you. So this heat doesn't bother me at all, really. But uh, we go on. The Reds did win four in a row in St. Louis. I'm very much surprised, though they did blow a seven-run lead in one yeah. inning. Uh, Boy, the crowds were into those games, too, though, weren't they, Bill? They were, and... We just cannot figure out why some announcers roll and some don't. And we just can't figure it out. But the Cowboy and Tommy were there. Yeah, I think I think the our, our theory is that the iHeart announcers are traveling more than the than the but, uh, inter, the. Uh, but uh, I think uh, the, the only Odyssey one that I know that is traveling, Chris, is is Dan Dickerson. Is he not? Right, right. But uh, I actually, uh, well, who's Chicago White Sox with? They're iHeart. Oh, that's right. Uh, they're no, they're, they're, they're iHeart. Yeah, yeah okay. but I, I no, they're not iHeart. They're, they're well, they're not. ESPN. Yeah, but they're not Odyssey either. Right. No, no, but right. Let me give you something to throw into the fire. The Reds okay. announcers are hired by the Cincinnati Reds and That's not by our radio. So, yeah. And um, I think some of these guys that are traveling, um, I think some of them, maybe not all, but some of them are traveling on their own, too, because I, I think Dan Dickerson had said he had to do that a you know, some. So I don't know if that's all of it or. And I know uh, Tommy Thrall said that Tommy Thrall said when he and 
uh, Bronson Arroyo went to Cleveland. They drove to Cleveland. Then he said he and right. Jeff Brantley drove to Pittsburgh. So clearly they didn't probably drive to St. Louis, though. No, <laughs> and the Astro announcers are employed by the Astros. I know. Right. There I, think, I, think, I think that's true with most teams. Yeah, there, yeah. there are well, a few. As the teams, and it may also, as we said last week, it may have to, have to do with whether the teams have met the standard of vaccination I, yet. I think that's true, about Chris. Two-thirds of them, I, I've heard, about 20 have now. So Red Sox have not yet. Just ask the so. people from the PGA. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, guessing, we'll Pat, I'm guessing, though, Pat Hughes is wishing the Cubs would hurry up so that he can travel. Because yeah, if that's what I it think, is, yeah. I think he's about had enough of these monitors. I think Joe and uh, Will have for the Red Sox as well. Okay, so uh, let's see. Uh, Robert. 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 Uh, that would be me, and I'll cover a few things in my panel. Number one, let's, let's stick with the media. Our thoughts and prayers go out to Giants announcer Dwayne Kuyper. Yes. Uh, it was announced yesterday that he's going to miss some games. He's undergoing chemotherapy. Uh, he's 69 years old. He's been with the Giants since 1993. Uh, the Giants have one of the best crews in all of baseball, and this is coming from a person that's not a Giants fan, but you, you've got to respect who's good at what they do, and so our thoughts and prayers go out yeah, to and they all you, sound like you know, friends, you know, and the, you fun, know. And the funny thing about Dwayne Kuyper is when Harry Carey and Steve Stone are with the Cubs, they used to have, they used to poke fun at him because Steve Stone gave up one of Kuyper's very few home runs, and oh, Harry Carey boy. used to let him know uh, about the, that. As a matter of fact, all the time. Only, Dwayne Kuyper only hit one home run in the major leagues, and Steve Stone and he hit it off of him. him. That's right, and yeah. Harry would let him know about it. Yeah, and, yeah. And of oh, course, yeah. Joe, Joe, because he played for the Indians, so Joe Castiglione uh, would, would uh, goof around with him about that home run, too, and uh, yep. you know, that was that was fun. And the thing about the four of them, you know, and it's uh, Dwayne Kuyper, Mike Kruko, John Miller, and Dave Fleming, they're friends. Yeah. They're very friendly, and they yeah. you just know it. You, They get it together, and I haven't had much chance, you know, they're late at night and all this. I, I really need to more often sit down and listen to KNBR after the game when they all just sit down and talk about the game. And we, were listening, Chris, to the, we were listening to uh, the Red Sox in our house the other night, you know, on Sunday night. And it's like, boy, uh, Wilf, he, does, he doesn't sound totally like his brother, but they sound similar. Oh, he, yeah. he has a real good style. He's a good conversational style with the game. And, mm-hmm. and he, I, I think uh, he and Joe are very good together. When Sean McDonough gets in the mix, it's really fun because he, uh, he goofs around with everybody. So Okay, other things, other things I want to cover. Kyle Larson won the NASCAR race for Sunday. Also, mm-hmm. Allegiant Stadium is now out of the running for the Manny Pacquiao-Earl Spence fight for Saturday, August 21st because... They are going to be hosting SummerSlam, and SummerSlam has decided that that is going to occur on Saturday, August 21st, and uh, they've already well, sold. No, Summer, WWE SummerSlam is on Sunday, but they have the whole, the pay-per-views on Sunday, but they, they yeah. have it that whole week. Have to get it ready. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and tickets go on sale for that on Friday, and they expect it to be a sellout, so I don't know where the, I know the Pacquiao fight will be in Vegas, but I'm not sure where they're going to put it. Um uh, and uh, let's see. I want to. I think. Oh, I think NASCAR. That, what happened in NASCAR, Robert? I, I already. Oh, just, ca- Kyle, already who won Kyle the fight Larson on Sunday? Who won the fight on Sunday, Robert? The fight on. Oh, that ridiculous thing. I didn't want to talk about it, but it ended up being uh, uh, no decision because they didn't give an official winner. Uh, the rule was the only way you could win is if you knocked one of them out, and it went the entire eight rounds. 
I don't. Well, I don't like talk. I don't like talking about stuff like that. And we do have. A, by the way, the by the way, guys, we do have just a little piece of news here that just came across. Right. Is it, Sean? You're telling me the Nuggets Jokic is it Jokic? Uh, Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic. He has been named the MVP. Yeah. Okay. And, and Tom Thibodeau uh, yesterday was named Coach of the Year. Yeah, for the way. Knicks, and then yeah. that's well deserved. He did a good job, and uh, yeah. because if, I'll tell you what, he and uh, you know Nate McMillan with the Hawks. Now, he only was there for half a year, but they would, uh, you know, if they'd been there the whole year, that would have been a good battle for Coach of the Year because they both done wonderful jobs. By the way, Nate people but Nate, Nate needs a contract Atlanta has he does well uh, he can come here and get one it's okay with me yeah. <laughs> and all right okay and uh, who was the golfer the unvaccinated golfer who had the oh, lead? I was John, Rom, that John, Rom. Of, yeah. John Rom John Rom he had a six-stroke lead get a six-stroke lead on Saturday, and I heard the call from Jim Nance, and they said, oh, I think there's some bad news. He's getting handed something. And, you know, they played the Jim Nance call on Saturday when he found out at the 18th hole when he had a six-stroke lead. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's something. Okay, so, Sean, Sean, what you got? Well, that took care of my first thing, but also going back to the NASCAR. With Kyle Larson winning, Chase Elliott coming in second, they set a record. It's four times that the Hendricks Motorsports finished First and second, that's first time, that's the most times in a row that that's happened where one team had a driver finish first and second. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of, and then, you know, kind of something. And then, of course, we'll get to all the, te- the well, they want the French Open to hurry up and be over because all the bad publicity is there. Yeah, well, and, and, rem- and all remember, the craziness. But and, we were talking about that before the show, and, and yeah. our producer in the 515 said they're getting more attention off the court than they are on. That's right. Oh, yeah, because yeah. yeah, it's an uneventful one of all of them, but I mean, with Serena pulling out, Roger Federer pulling out. Uh, no, no, no. You know, Serena. Serena, no, Serena didn't pull out. She lost. She lost. She lost. Roger pulled Federer out. Federer, yeah. Federer yeah. pulled out. And all the Naomi Osaka and just, yep. and the number one seed going down and then the, Ashley uh, was a loss. Uh, Ashley, Bar- Ashley Barty and she went down because of injury. Right. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, okay, so there, we got tennis out of the way. We, we got, got the tennis, tennis out of the way. We're going to take We got a big agenda. We're getting some of it done. All right. And also, uh, we have a poll question tonight, and you can dial in, not just on the poll question, but anytime, and download the Zoom app or dial 646-876-9923, enter code 287 hit pound key twice, star nine, raises your hand on the phone, and then uh, that's how you can contact us, or anytime throughout the week, sports lounge at allthingsradio.net. Or 773-572-7715. So, yeah, let's get to the... We do have big, a we do have a hand already up. Do we want to go to that first, or do we want to well, continue? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, you want to do... Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll do the call. Jer- and Jerry, the call go ahead and unmute yourself, and we would be able to hear you. He'll probably want to talk about the horse race. Okay. Yeah, we'll get that out. Yeah, we'll All right. Hang, hang. Okay, Jerry. Go ahead, Jerry. That? That's exactly right. I do want to talk okay, about... Okay, go ahead. It was quite a race. Uh, if anybody missed it, uh, I mean, Essential Quality and Hot Rod Charlie, they were going head-to-head-to-head to head to head there. Yep. And, uh, it was really entertaining. And I, I'm looking forward to the Breeders' Cup, either on the last Saturday in October or the first Saturday in November, depending on Notre Dame, I guess. Yes, it always does. Yep. Uh, it'll be interesting to see those two horses go at it, maybe. 
Yeah, well, you never know who's going to who's gonna go at these things because sometimes if you win enough on, on you know, the, for example, I was thinking about this, Jerry. Tell me if I'm wrong because, okay, Medina Spirit, uh, of course, and, and we'll just do it now because it's only going to take yeah. a couple of minutes. Uh, Medina Spirit uh, it was found that on the next sample, of, you know, they retest the sample and they still found that that drug was in the system. So he has not been disqualified from the Derby. We're thinking that that might be just because it creates so much trouble for all the people who bet it. It's one thing in 1968 to disqualify dancers image like they did but it's another thing to do it nowadays and you know once it's over i mean what do you what do you do if you had a football team you know it's almost like he he may be in the book but there'll be an asterisk or they'll do something like that i don't think they're going yeah. to change it it would be mandaloon if, if he were disqualified but the question i have is is this going to really okay they lost up they didn't get the purse they didn't get the you know notoriety the full ticker tape that you get for the but you know they're still going to get the money for the breeding they're still going to get the stud fees that's correct you know, this is a derby winner in everybody's mind yeah, and, and Bob Baffert got suspended for two years. Two years in in yeah. Churchill Downs and Maryland and New York. Uh, yep. So yep. yeah, so okay, well yeah, so we we basically taken care of the. But it was a really good race. There were only eleven thousand people there, and uh, you know that was too bad. But New York has been more conservative, but than some of these places about getting things going. Oh, they're they're getting close with things too. So uh, you know, I think you had to be vaccinated to go, if I heard correctly. But you know, in an area like that, I think you could spread out enough. But anyway, they only had eleven thousand. But it still sounded good to have fans last year. Had nobody, and it still sounded better than that. So you know, that's. Fine. But we're getting our agenda taken care of very quickly. We are. This, but yeah. we are. We're, we're skipping around back and forth, and got the few items off. So, um, do we want to? We're getting close to break time. Do we want to do do break? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. College. We'll, yeah, because yeah. there's some big college news. So let's take a the break go a little bit early, yeah. and then we'll come back and do that. I spend a lot of time in the backyard, and I'm the center of attention at summer barbecues. In 96, I made some of the tastiest s'mores. And in 09, it was me, your backyard fire pit, that accidentally started a wildfire when a summer breeze carried one of my embers into some dry brush. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. What if I told you that a tornado was going to happen tomorrow right where you live? That it would touch down at exactly 3.17 p.m. and I told you the exact path it would take. You would, of course, prepare. You would talk with your loved ones and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you a tornado will strike tomorrow. But shouldn't you have a plan anyway? Go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is Mario Andretti. You know me as a race car driver, but I'm also a Meals on Wheels volunteer. I've raced against the sport's biggest personalities, but I've never met more vibrant, amazing people than the seniors served by Meals on Wheels. You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. 
big college news we to uh, break with. Oh, yeah. Well, Wednesday was a big day, as I said, that Danny Ainge, uh, re- you know, retired. And then we also had Medina Spirit disqualification. And then Mike Krzyzewski uh, took them off the front page. You know, obviously, Danny Ainge stayed here locally and, and uh, Medina Spirit in Kentucky. But uh, Danny Ainge, uh, generally, Krzyzewski took him off the front page in most uh, uh, of the country. He's out after 42 years at Duke. He got started there in 80-81, and he'll uh, finish this year, do 21-22. 42 years, right? And yeah, then, it'll be 42 right. years after this year because he's starting to do Yep, 12 ACC titles. I think it was uh, 12 Final Fours, 15 Sweet Sixteens or more. He had 28 Five lottery picks. Uh, 28, how many championships? Five. Five. Five, okay. 28 lottery picks, 41 first-round picks, and uh, three uh, gold medals. And then John Shire will be the assistant that's going to replace him. And, uh, and uh, Sean, so you were saying that it, there's a theory that he kind of didn't want to get involved with the name, image, and likeness business. Well, huh? there's some speculation that it probably had something to do with name, image, and likeness starting and uh, just transfer a couple portal. Of other he didn't, apparently, he doesn't like the transfer up. portal. No, a transfer portal and just a few things like that. So, yeah. uh-huh. so, I mean, a great career. He's very articulate. If he wants to broadcast, as I hey, say about many of these guys like Danny, he certainly can do it. He had a show for many years on uh, Sirius XM and, with Dave Sims, and that was oh, a good he show. Oh, he still does. As so far he still do that? And, you know, yeah. Duke wasn't really, I mean, they had some winning seasons, but they weren't really a relevant national power until he got there. Well, they were you know, a big, uh, in the them, 60s. They went to the Final Four, and they were. That's yeah, why the tournament. Duke was part of that streak that, uh, until last year. Every year since 1960, and North Carolina wasn't super yeah. dominant either. The ACC really took over in the you know, and because you know UCLA was so dominant. The AC, but the ACC yeah. had good teams. NC State, Duke, and North Carolina were all pretty good, and they they. Uh, but the ACC also had a thing where if you you could only have one go to the tournament. You if you didn't win, well, uh, that was everybody only had one. Because because the tournament yeah, was so but small. They went, but no, they they went by their tournament, not the championship of the league, because they were the one of the few that they and the Southern Conference were the first two to have tournament. And so there were there were times where somebody would win the championship and wouldn't get to go uh, to the tournament at all. So uh, until yeah. the 70s. So that's. Uh, but I know, mean, they, yeah, they went to the tournament and stuff, but he made them a national brand, kind of like a Bobby Bowden at Florida State or somewhere. Na- he made them that national, the national brand that everybody loved or hated because everybody either loves Duke or they hate Duke because right. of, of old, or as Jim Rome would call him, Krasuski, because, you know, that's how yeah. it's spelled, basically. But it's just that's right. but, and I think that team, that 92 team with who was it, uh, Brian Davis, uh, Bobby Hurley, Grant Hill, uh, Thomas Hill? Christian Leitner. Yeah, Lakner was on that team. Antonio Lang coming off the bench. Cherokee Parks. Yeah, I mean that team was just—he he was a monster. And all the all the assists, all the people coaching that played under him that are in coaching or have been in—you know, Tommy Emmicher, Johnny Dawkins, John Shire played for him. Uh, Danny Ferry's in—you uh, know, Danny Ferry's out there coaching somewhere. I think Bobby Hurley might be coaching somewhere. I, I know his so. dad was a long time. Yeah, I, know, I think he is. Doesn't he coach? Is he the one that's coaching UConn, or is that? I, be, uh, I, I believe he's co- Rhode Island or someplace like that. He was that. coaching Something Rhode like Island. That, yeah. I thought he went to UConn. I think he went from Rhode Island to UConn. I think that's maybe. What he did. Maybe. And then, uh, of course, Trzeszewski was a disciple of Bobby Knight. Now, did not he didn't have the 
the craziness of Bobby Knight, but he co- he was under him at West Point. And, then, and yep. if you look at it, his first year or two, they were ready to run him off Duke, out of Duke because he wasn't doing that well. And then he well, just came on. He got guys like a Johnny That was Michael Dawkins. Jordan. Yeah, Michael Jordan was there right away. He gets in the league, and there's Michael Jordan to deal with. So there you go. Yeah, yeah he gets in, Yeah, Michael Jordan comes in in 82. But they were starting to yeah, – Michael Jordan was a freshman in the 81-82 season. Yeah, but, I mean, year. they were starting same to come year. on that second year. But, I mean, that first year, after his first year, they 80-81, they were ready to run him off. And then, you know, Duke, they just pick up momentum. And you think that shot, that victory against Kentucky that just elevated them into the championship and then – you know, I yep. mean, and then the battles with the Fab Five, and then, you know, later on, like I said, just, I mean, yep. all the guys that he had, and he fought the one and done forever. He fought it, but then he's found like, well, might as well. He said, I might as well embrace it. it. He, yeah. Yeah, he said, I'm going to go with it. But that, I mean, definitely, and he's going to do the goodbye tour. I think that's why he announced it now to do next year. Cause, and think of the ACC. I mean, all these guys, I mean, Roy Williams announced his retirement. He retired. Now, you know, Krzyzewski, it's like one of the the last of the long-time legends from that era, pretty much. There's not many of them. Yeah, you know, the, that Bayheim is still around, and that's, uh, you know, who else? Yeah, Bayheim's been around longer. Yeah. Bayheim's been there longer, but, I mean, yeah, Bayheim's pretty much the main one. And 42, it'll be 42 years, like you said, of one school. Yeah. Coaches don't do that anymore. Nope. nope. Okay, well, now we, we did our basketball. We got a lot of baseball going on, don't we? Yeah. Well, first of all, let's get to college softball because it's quicker. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma and Florida State are playing in the College World Series starting tonight. Uh, Oklahoma, James Madison, man, they all they came from out of nowhere. They almost pulled off the upset of Oklahoma, but Oklahoma eliminated them, so they'll be doing. And they do a best two out of three. It was supposed to start last night, but they had rain delays on Sunday and Monday, and mm-hmm. so yeah, good. And you know, so they'll be Oklahoma and Florida State both had. To- they both had to come out of the losers brackets, so it's wow. not like yes, it's not like they went straight through. They lost both and, of them on Thursday and had to come clear through. And Oklahoma had to beat James Madison twice, and James Madison is the one that put Oklahoma in the losers bracket, and they had to come and then, back. And, and, and then Luke, Florida and State had to beat Alabama twice, and Alabama had a girl that pitched a perfect game. Yes, and James Madison almost came back and beat Oklahoma on Sunday when they finally got that in. I mean, they almost they almost pulled it off then. But I mean, yeah, and I like I said, I don't watch a lot of a lot of softball, but I mean, just from everybody that I talk about, I mean, yeah, my my nieces, most of my nieces play softball, so yeah, they had that honor. Have one niece who's freshman. That's her goal to play in the College World Series one day. That's her. So we'll be talking about her in a few years, maybe. Yeah, that'd be cool. We'll but, All right. But, you know, and, and yeah, it's, I mean, it was a good story for them. I mean, and, you know, a lot of people don't watch, most people during the year, but the college softball ratings, people watch that. They get into it, uh, the World Series. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why people watch it. You watch an MLB game and you see – you know, uh, whoever or whoever dogging at the first base, you don't see that in that in the in those games. Those girls, no, they bust their tail in going to first base every play. And then if there's a, yeah. a ground ball hit, they'll dive and go to the ground to get it. And every you know, you see a lot of good athletes in in that sport. And and I don't watch a lot of it either during the season, but I do during the World Series. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, and, and now on to baseball. <laughs> well, well, we do have a couple coaches, and I'm not sure of their names because my knowledge of softball is not obviously, yeah. you know. But the coach of Georgia, who was there for 25 years, and the coach of Arizona, who was there for many years, they were both in the in the tournaments, and uh, both of them have announced their retirement. So, two pretty big yeah. names in the world of softball retiring. 
But now right, baseball. So baseball. Okay. And baseball, let me explain. I'm going to clarify this year because of COVID, they did this a little differently. Normally, when there's two teams, you know, two teams who are not uh, seeded, you know, weren't number one seeds, they go to the higher seeded team's stadium. This year, they're still going to go to the region of the higher seeded team because we're going to have a situation like that where neither team is in. Uh, you know, they're not playing in either team's home stadium, and that's because in the state of Virginia, even though Old Dominion was a number one seed, they had it in Columbia, South Carolina, the number two seed, because Virginia didn't have 100% capacity. But so, yeah, they're playing them at the, the top eight super regions for most of them, except like in South Carolina, they're playing because Virginia is a higher seed than Dallas Baptist. But on the Friday through Sunday bracket, we have, of course, number one Arkansas is going to take on the well North Carolina State. They came out of the Ruston region, so they were a two seed. They pulled off, and then Nebraska gave have, Arkansas everything they wanted. Yes, they did. They gave them everything. They just and you know, <laughs> but they they did they gave them. And then of course on the other side of that bracket, the eight nine Texas Tech's going to host Stanford. And then the other two Friday games, Vanderbilt East is hosting East Carolina, so they win it to form. And Arizona's hosting Ole Miss. And then on Saturday, you have, of course, Texas. They take on South Florida because Florida went down. South Florida and Alabama, they they pulled that one off. Then the other side of that bracket, uh, Mississippi State's hosting Notre Dame, the 7-10. And then number three, Tennessee taking on LSU, and they took down Oregon. So Tennessee's hosting LSU. And this one, TCU went down. So Dallas Baptist came out of that region, that you know, for TCU, and they and they're taking on Virginia, who Virginia and Old Dominion. They finally got that game in this morning. Probably about a dozen fans there at Columbia, South Carolina. I felt kind of bad because they were there was a dozen fans there, baby, and it wasn't COVID. So Virginia and Dallas Baptist are going to play in Columbia, South Carolina, in that six eleven match. So. It, Okay, and what's our football story? Uh, Sean has left the building, Chris. He'll Sean be back in a second. Building. Well, I can, I, we can start off. Anyway, there's apparently a meeting, and Sean knows the participants in the meeting. But what is afoot is there's a good possibility that for the uh, 2023 season, so not the next two years, 23, and it would end in 24 with the playoff game, that we would have a 12-team playoff and instead of eight. And so what we, would, we could have... The most likely is the five Power Five conference champions would get in. The uh, the best of the other five conferences, you know, what they usually do, they'll pick a team uh, like South Florida or somebody a couple years ago, uh, Central Florida was, and you know they'll they'll be the right, six team. Yeah, I was just uh, oh. saying. Okay, so we got the five power conferences. You can tell who was in the meeting. These are being discussed. But anyway, the five power conferences and the the best of the other five, and then six at large teams. So Notre Dame's at the yeah. meeting. Who else is uh, at, at this meeting, okay. uh, Sean? Yeah, basically, I don't know. This is a, and this is a story. It comes out by it was put out by Pete Tamil, College Insider. He and he's pretty much in the know. And yeah, no, the Notre Dame athletic director, the commissioner of the Mountain West, the commissioner of the SEC, and the commissioner of the Big Twelve, they're going to be meeting in about three weeks and coming up with a plan. And then they will take it to a larger committee, including other commissioners, athletic directors, the college football playoff committee members, uh, the uh, the TV partners who may be involved in this. And like I said, they're 
they're, they're looking at all different plans for expanding the college football playoff, and it would start in the 23 season. So these next two seasons, they would finish up on their round. But the 23 season, it would start with this. And the one they're proposing, like I said, is this uh, five power five, group of five, one, and then six at larges. And the part they're talking about is the first round, the five through eight seeds would host, and they're also putting in that it would possibly be the next round. It would be the one through four. Although if they're doing that, a bunch of these bowls are going to get snubbed. So they're, you know, they're only going to be semifinals every three years. These six bowls, the rose, the because it's the rose and sugar are one group, cotton and orange, and then peach and fiesta. They're the other. They're the other group. So they got two more years of that. But in the twenty-three season, I mean, I've always said an eighteen, but. The second, what I'm wondering is if they're throughout 12, thinking, hey, we'll just invite all 10 conferences, but are all 10 power, all 10 conferences worthy of it? Well, you might, you, you might know, add, because uh, I, I don't know how many, how many bowls you'd end up needing. I've sat down and figured it out, but maybe you could add a bowl or two and just put the second games in bowls, you know, instead of a couple other bowls. It might all add up. I don't, I don't really know. Cause you yeah, know, they might. They, you they need might seven games, right? You could need seven games, so. You know, you well, eleven. Yeah, you need seven. Yeah, you need seven games for the uh, for the top eight. The, so you could add another semifinal. bowl or two to the mix and but, like, the, rotate here, them. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Are the one through four seeds going to get upset because five through eight get some revenue at their home stadium? True. Where one through four is going? Wait a minute. We got neutral seconds all the way. Either that, well, I mean, or they don't have to do the revenue. You know, everything's uh, negotiable. So the revenue could be split among the uh, the teams and the conferences and blah blah blah. And it doesn't necessarily mean you might host something. But like the women's basketball, you know, UConn might host a regional or the baseball people host regionals. But it doesn't mean they get you know the revenue is for the tournament. So it may it may all run together. Yeah. You know what and, I'm saying? And we want to remind you. Again, this is not the NCAA football tournament. This is the college football playoff. Remember, this is not officially sanctioned as an NCAA championship, college, uh, Division One college football. I was going to keep reminding, and they're talking that ESPN is interested. Oh, yeah. But you also know with this merger with Time Warner Discovery, Turner's been getting in the mix on everything. Are they going to start saying, hey. Fox is going to be uh, trying to get something, too. So, uh, yeah. That's right. Okay, so I think that's our college uh, thing, and there was a lot going on in college for a middle of the – I mean, we knew the baseball and softball was going on, but then Mike Krzyzewski and the football. So, all right, let's move on to baseball. Uh, There you go. Yeah, right. So here we go with the standings, first of all. And we have Tampa Bay at 38-23 and in the American League East, the Red Sox 37-23, and and the Red Sox have now won five in a row. They beat Houston. They swept the Yankees. First time they've done that in the Bronx since 2011. And now you're going to play Houston again. You're going to play Houston uh, tonight. And – uh, we'll see if it's delayed, see if they've started by the time I get off here, because there's rumbles of thunder around here. Uh, Red Sox 37-23, half a game out. But what happened while that was all going on, Toronto and the Yankees, they're not out of it, of course, but they're 30-27 and for Toronto and 31-29 and for the Yankees. So uh, they've, they've got a little uh, work to do now. Baltimore has much work to do, much too much work, 21-38. and 38. In the Central, Chicago is White Sox 36-23, and 23. Cleveland 31-26, and 26, so they maintain their advantage there. Kansas City hanging in, 29 and 29. Detroit and Minnesota are both 24 and 35. In the West, we have Oakland at 35 and 26. Houston at 33 and 26. Robert will be rooting for the Red Sox this week. That's correct. Uh, Seattle at 30 and 31. 
the Angels are 28 and 32, and Texas 23 and 38. Rangers are uh, really uh, sinking away there. In the National League East, the Mets, and I still say they're going to pull away. They're getting a little more healthy. They're 29 and 23. None of the rest of the division is over 500. Atlanta 28 and 29. Philadelphia. Mets are getting healthier, Chris, but they're also going to have double headers coming up. Well, they will. Yeah, they, they will. They have they double played. headers, and they have got five less games. games. You look at them and the Braves. They've played uh, 20, 52, and the Braves have played 57. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, but they'll, you know, they'll work. They'll they'll live. Uh, they're building up a lead now, so that's what they're going to use. Uh, Atlanta twenty eight twenty nine, Philadelphia twenty eight and thirty. We have Washington twenty four thirty two, and Miami twenty four and thirty four. In the Central, flat footed tie between Milwaukee and the Cubs at thirty three and twenty seven. Uh, no, Milwaukee. I'm sorry, Milwaukee's in first. I guess thirty three twenty six. Cubs thirty three and twenty seven. They were in a tie until the Cubs lost last night. That's what happened. St. Louis is now thirty one and twenty nine because Bills Reds going in there and sweeping them. Uh, Cincinnati by doing that got twenty eight and twenty nine. They're almost at five hundred. So you look at Seattle and Kansas City and Cincinnati. They're hanging in. Uh, you know, maybe not quite in the race, but they're they're uh, you know doing well. Uh, Pittsburgh at twenty three and thirty five. In the West, we have San Francisco thirty seven and twenty two, and that's amazing to me after the trouble they had with the Dodgers before. San Diego, 37 and 25. They're not going away. Neither are the Dodgers, 34 and 25. Colorado has 24 and 36 and Arizona, 20 and 41. For tonight's schedule at 7.05, we have Atlanta at Philadelphia and the Dodgers at Pittsburgh and the Mets at Baltimore. 7.10, we have Houston here at the Red Sox. Uh, Might be delayed, as we said. Washington at Tampa Bay. Milwaukee at Cincinnati. Seattle at Detroit. Colorado at Miami, and then at 8.05, we have San Francisco at uh, Texas, rematch of a World Series. 8.10, the Yankees are at Minnesota. <laughs> to the Twins fans, too many postseason matchups to think about. They don't like those. Toronto at Chicago White Sox. And at 8.15, we have Cleveland at St. Louis. 9.38, Kansas City at the Angels. 9.40, Arizona at Oakland. 10.10, we have the Cubs are at San Diego. And that's it for that. So we have baseball notes, of course, as always. You know, you give it a whole week of baseball games. There's always going to be stuff going on. So we have uh, Bob Melvin is now the second winningest uh, A's manager. Of course, that's Philadelphia, Kansas City, and Oakland. And uh, he is, uh, how many, uh, he passed uh, Tom, Tony LaRusso. Uh, Tony Tony and he's only behind Connie Mack. But he's not going to catch him. No, he's not going to catch him. He's got him. Seven, 799th uh, uh, win, I guess. Yeah, well, he, now he's well now he's he's over 800. Sure. So. Yeah. Um, and by the way, uh, like I said, with Nate McMillan needing a contract, so does Bob Melvin. Wake up, Oakland. Yeah. Pay this well, man. That's weird. And I'll, I also, he managed before in uh, Seattle and Arizona. So he yep. uh, paid his dues. Uh, Jack Flaherty is on the injured list. The Cardinals ace was a significant oblique uh, issue. And then uh, he's the Cardinals ace, as I said. Rob Brenly had to apologize because he marked Marcus, mocked Marcus Stroman, who has had a do-rag on, and he said something to the effect of, uh, just like Tom, Tom Seaver used to wear. You know, in other words, of course, Tom was white and right. Marcus is black. And, uh, yeah. you know, it was supposed to be a joke. And uh, and five years ago it would have been, but not anymore. So nope. that Bob Brenly. Nope. And it was funny because I was listening to, uh, they were talking about it in the Yankee game and the, no, the Mets game. That's right. Yeah. And they were saying, well, he's a nice guy, you know. And they were kind of shocked that that happened. But uh, he, you've got to watch what you say in these things. Uh, and he apologized. And, and then 
let's see, former Arizona manager, and he won the. He was a manager of the uh, Diamondbacks in '01 when they won the World Series. So, yep. you know, he, he never has to buy a drink in Arizona. Uh, and uh, the Cleveland Indians are trying to come up with a new name, and the three that are in contention at this time are the Spiders, which was one of their original names, the Avengers, or the Guardians. And um, the tribe seems to be out. I guess they maybe they figured the logo yeah. would be too similar, and they couldn't sell enough stuff. I don't right. really know what happened, but the tri- no tribe. And then Thursday, an interesting thing happened. Tampa Bay beat the Yankees 9-2, to and it was the first complete game for Tampa Bay since uh, May 14th of 2016. And uh, it was Ryan Yarbrough who pitched it, and that was after 631 games. 731, and, Chris. Huh? 731. 731? Okay, yeah. typo. I made a typo here. Yeah. And Toronto now the longest complete game streak. Yep. And uh, and the big story of the week, really, a potential story, is MLB is going to start to crack down on the pitchers and foreign substances on the baseball. They got a lot of samples. Everything is, you know, okay now. Basically, they've put them on notice. They've said, stop doing it because umpires are going to be checking the starting pitchers, checking all the pitchers. Uh, pitchers can be thrown out of the game, of course, if they find it, number one, and then they'd be subject to suspensions possibly 10 games or whatever so it can cost a lot of money and they're also telling the teams to help with this they're not going to blame the teams yet but if they find the more you know we'll see how that all goes they see a lot of pitchers on a given team they might start to suspect so yeah uh, you know we'll see guess how that tonight works. um somebody asked garrett cole has he used banned substances? And apparently he kind of stumbled when trying to answer that question. So yep. that might tell you something. Well, yep. they were kind of pointing him out as an example on the Red Sox game on Thursday when this uh, edict had just come out. or Well, it wasn't official, but it was on its way. And uh, he got hammered by the Rays. So they were wondering about that. So well, and Jacob DeGrom, by the way, came out and said, I have never used anything, so no, don't question He's me. He's not worried about, about it. it. Yeah. yeah. So they're going to, going to start enforcing it in the minors. And that gives them good practice for the umpires to, to see what people are using and so forth. Yep. Uh, so we'll see how that all works. So this could be the thing that solves the hitting issue. You know, it may be that this is what's been going on and uh, how they turned their back on it this long and how long it's been going. I don't know. I mean, they used to catch Gaylord Perry every year for this and, yep. uh, you know, they throw him out and he'd figure out another way to do it and all that. And that's <laughs> fine. But, you know, it's one thing it's, if it's a few pitchers, but, you know, you really can't have it all over the league like this. Right. No. So anyway, anyway, and then uh, so as I say, nothing retroactive with this, and they'll and they'll pick it up. I think in about a week or so, uh, and uh, the, what it does is increase the, the spin rate, uh, and uh, so that's that's really the issue of what goes on on the 11th of June, which is Friday afternoon. And I looked it up against the Cardinals. The Cubs will have a full capacity available to them, so that'll be a real celebration day in Chicago. That's going to be fun. I hope to get a chance to listen to some of that. And then, uh, but the White Sox will not do it until the 25th. So two more weeks for the White Sox. I don't know why they're waiting, but they are. And uh, let's see. And then there's what, what they're saying on the Cubs right? So that's the White Sox decision. They could do it now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So maybe there's configurations they want to do or something of that sort for the ballpark or where they want people to sit. Maybe they want to do, and it's up to them, maybe they want to have a vaccination section like they're doing at New York games or something of that sort. I don't know. Yeah. But the Dodgers scored 11 runs on Wednesday night in, the, in, the, in I think it was the first, first inning. inning, and yeah. nine in the fifth inning on Friday night, or uh, was it nine? That uh, uh, no, was eight in the fifth inning, I think. Anyway, they did it. Uh, they did. They scored eleven in one game and eight in the next or nine. It was the first time since anybody had done it since August, July thirtieth of two of nineteen sixty nine, when the Mets did it to Houston in two games. So uh, that's pretty amazing. 
So that's, you know, even though the Dodgers aren't seemingly doing that well, they keep setting these records. Now, maybe it helps that uh, David USF finds them for us. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he, and he's the Dodger fans, so keep that that's in mind. Right. And getting back to things that are starting to happen with uh, the virus, Matt Beskurgeon and A-Rod will start doing games at, at the ballparks, and that'll start you know, on um uh, July 4th. On July 4th. Now, does that mean that none, none of the ESPN broadcasters have been traveling at all, huh? Not with uh, baseball. That is baseball. correct. That okay. is great. Yeah, that is so, correct. Okay, well, whatever. But uh, they're going to start to do it now. And uh, so that's it for baseball. we have anything else that anybody uh, wants to mention before we move on to basketball? No. No. Nope. All right. So what's going on in the NBA? Well, basically, the uh, East kind of went to form almost. And the West, it was much more interesting. And I'm grabbing my sheet. Here we go. Okay, so we've got, uh, okay, in the East, Philadelphia beat Washington four games to one. And so and they hadn't played the Wizards since, or the Bullets since 1985. You know, we're always talking about the Philadelphia playing the Celtics every year. Well, these are the teams they don't play. And of course, they don't always make the playoffs, but, you know, still, I mean, they're, they're often in it. But they hadn't played the, the Wizards since uh, 85. And they're not going to play uh, Atlanta, and they hadn't played them since 82. So there you go. Atlanta beat the Knicks the same night, four games to one. And again, as we said, uh, Tom Thibodeau got coach of the year. Brooklyn uh, be, ended up beating the Celtics the night we were on four games to one. And then uh, Milwaukee had already swept Miami four games to none. So no real contest in the East. Atlanta beat Philadelphia on Sunday, though. Uh, one, and so they lead one to nothing, and they're going to play. We'll get to the schedule in a minute, but uh, they're going to be playing, I think, tonight. Uh, it might yes. be tomorrow night. Yeah, I think it's yes, tonight. tonight. So, yeah. So, anyway, so the Sixers are trailing in that series. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, let's see. Brooklyn is over Milwaukee two to nothing, and they've killed them. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I would thought that they'd give them yeah. a lot better battle than that. Last night was just well, last that night was a total, total disaster. Milwaukee's Milwaukee's Look, look worse than the Celtic did. I mean, yeah. really, this is ridiculous. I don't know what's going on. So in the West, so that's what's uh, going on for, for that. U- uh, Utah and Memphis, we had uh, Utah knock, knock out the Grizzlies four games to one. We had the Clippers over Dallas four games to three, and that was a good uh, game on Sunday, the seventh game. Finally, the only seventh game in the first round. There were six road wins, but finally, um, you know, the uh, Clippers won that game at home and were able to move on. We had Phoenix over the Lakers four games to two. Uh, we asked David USF for his postmortem, and he said injuries. And I think that's true. I think they would have been yeah. a second or third seed, and they ended up, you know, seventh, and you know, made it a lot tougher for him. And then, of course, and he also didn't think LeBron had come back at full strength. And of course, Anthony Davis got hurt again. So uh, the Lakers are out four games to two, and Denver beat Portland four games to two. So now Phoenix, uh, they've only played uh, one game in the uh, Western semifinals, and Phoenix beat Denver last night. So Phoenix is on top, and that game was at Phoenix. So the schedule on Tuesday here, we have Atlanta at Philadelphia at 7.30, uh, Tuesday evening. 10 o'clock, we have the Clippers at Utah. On Wednesday, we have Denver at Phoenix at 9.30. And Thursday, we have Brooklyn at Milwaukee for Game 3 at 7.30. So there you go. And let's see, I think we've got some basketball notes, too, uh, that, uh, of course, David gave us. Okay, we have Damian Lillard. He scored 55 points and 12 12 threes in a double overtime loss to Denver. And he played 52 minutes to do that. Uh, the th- the threes were a record. Uh, the let's see. Uh, yeah, he, the he broke uh, Clay Thompson's record in the yep. playoffs, Chris. The record of eleven threes. 
series, and Clay yeah. Thompson did that against Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. The Lakers in Game Five lost by thirty. The first defending champion to lose that lose by that much in the first round. I mean, certainly there were defending champions that haven't made the playoffs, but uh, you know, if yeah. it's the first down the round, they usually do pretty well. And Jamal, then, if you uh, want to unmute, we'll get you in just a second. Okay, and then we had some. Uh, the Portland fired uh, Terry Stotts. The problem with Portland is, you know, and you wonder what Lillard thinks because the Portland problem is they haven't advanced. I mean, they, you know, they had good regular seasons and they haven't advanced. And you wonder if uh, they need a again, like the Celtics, a different voice. So I don't really know. And then, but he won't be uh, out of work very long. No, and now Lillard has three more years left on his contract. There was speculation that he might ask for a trade, but uh, one, he's very loyal to the organization, and two, he's got too too much money and too many years left on his deal, so they don't know what will happen there. Steve Clifford was fired in Orlando. I don't know why you want to wait if you uh, blew up the whole thing a month ago, and, you know, uh, I don't know why you'd wait to fire him if, uh, you know, just start from fresh, but I really don't know. Maybe they think they're somebody available that they didn't know would be or something of that sort. But now, uh, you know, there they've got the Celtics in the mix, Orlando, Portland, and maybe Indiana because nothing is getting settled with there. And Washington, perhaps. People are wondering. Yeah, uh, there's speculation that Scott Brooks might be out in D.C., so we'll see what happens there. And uh, and the Clippers came from a 2 nothing deficit. Uh, by losing the first two at home, and they're only the sixth team in NBA history to come back and do that. The last one, the Celtics did it to the Bulls in 17. And then, uh, and as I told you, it was six road games, uh, six road wins in that series. Uh, and let's see, we already talked about what, how the Lakers did. Then they were, uh, the Lakers started out at 21-7, and seven, David told us, so they kind of did struggle at that, after that point. And then, uh, let's see if there's any more NBA stuff. I'm not sure right I now. Think that's uh, I think that's true. I don't think that's it. I think yeah, that's I all. Think yeah. Jamal. Good evening, gentlemen. How are y'all? Hello. We're doing uh, good, Jamal. Okay. A couple things here. First about the NBA. So glad that the Lakers are out. Good uh, news. Yep. And, I am too. We stay, we, we stay tied with them, the Celtics, so that's good. <laughs> yes. And also, as for Atlanta, Philadelphia, it wouldn't surprise me if Atlanta, not Philadelphia, out. Because there's just something about Philadelphia that just doesn't impress me with the way that team is built. They need, and they need, to me, they need to put Ben Simmons at another position other than point guard. The dude's not a point guard, not outside shooter. He's 6'10", put in the ass a small forward or, or a power forward in, or in a more natural position and get a yeah. real point guard for that team. I would agree no. with that, but the problem is Ben Simmons is not an offensive player, and you you need an offensive player that's going to play one of the forward positions. I don't know what Philadelphia is going to do there. And now, so talking now talking about baseball, you're going over the baseball stories, but you forgot about Tony La Russa and becoming the second all-time winningest manager in baseball history behind Caddy Mack after his win oh, over I- at the. <laughs> I, I didn't after, hear that, or I would have mentioned that, Jamal. Yeah, after uh, the win, I believe over the Tigers, the White Sox had last Friday, and you all know I've been rather concerned about Mr. Larusa and his hiring, and I still have my concerns, but I will say this. I'm pretty happy where the White Sox are at right now, and given that division, I still maintain that the White Sox will probably maintain their position but the team I but the team I would worry about in that division, not Minnesota or Detroit or Cleveland. I think Kansas City might finish second in that division when all when it's all said and done, and that might be a team to maybe look at in the future 
And as for the Indians changing the name, I'm sorry, folks, but that's ridiculous. Keep the Indian name. Well, you're going to call them the idiots no matter what they do, correct? Well, well, well yeah, I'll call them the idiots okay. and, well, other names, uh, and another name which I can't repeat on yeah. Worldwide Legend. Yeah. So. And uh, Jamal, as far as Kansas City, I'll get a chance to see them this week because we play four games against them starting on Thursday. So I'll get to see what the Royals look like. So Right. And, and, I'll, also, and I'll also say this. Uh, as for baseball and cracking down on – pictures using such illegal substances. That's been going on since the beginning of time. Y'all use the example of Gaylord Perry. The man's in the Hall of Fame because he was doing scuff ball. Yeah, but now, what, I, what I said, though, Jamal, is it's one thing to have one or two guys doing it, and there were other guys that had uh, Don Sutton had a reputation. There were, but that's all I ever heard about. And so, really, if, if, but if they're being trained to do it, if they got pitching coaches being ingenious about figuring out how to hide it and show these young guys how to do that and all this other stuff, you know, it's rosin, it's all kinds of stuff, you know, who, who knows? And nowadays, with the chemicals people can make and, and in their little laboratories in their basements, who knows what they're doing? Yeah. And, and my question is this. Are we now going to have these holier-than-thou baseball writers who are anti-steroid now say to some of these pitchers who might get Hall of Fame stats, well, how many illegal substances do they use on the baseball? I think and they're hoping do, that they're nipping it in the bud. I think they think that yeah. it really started. I think they think that it's really started the last couple of years. And that if they get to it now and they and they punish them and they make make it something that you know everybody's aware of, and I think there's really – I my original thought – was that there was a problem between the union and the player, you know, the, the owners and all this about this. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like, again, usually hitters rule in that union anyway. So I think basically they're pretty happy that everybody's, other than the pitchers who are have been, uh, you know, profiting by it, are pretty happy that Unfortunately, this Unfortunately, Chris, though, there's some pretty big-name pitchers that are rumored to have done it. Right. Yeah, we'll Trevor Bauer being one, Garrett Cole another. And, right. We'll see what happens. And, and then we'll, you know, it'll be inferred, like it was sort of with the steroid thing, like who drops off the table, you know? And you suddenly have this guy who was uh, winning 20 games a year. Now he's 12 and 12. You kind of say, okay, I guess that was the issue, you know? So we'll see. Now, I want to talk about the Jack Flurry injury right quick. Okay. Now, Flurry, from what I understand, got injured by running the bases. Is that correct? That's what I heard. No, no, by swinging the bat. By swinging the bat. Okay. Well, this is going to make my point for me. This is why baseball needs a universal DH. Because we should, I, if that's if that's what we're going to say, then we should just have universal DHs for every player on the field. Uh, oh come on! But, I mean, but, well, no. But the issue see, is see, right. see, Jamal. I will always have, because I hate the DH. Right. My my thing is the to back up Jamal. My thing is that the DH. If you have the DH in the minors, which I think they do, these pitchers do. don't hit for for like five years. They, the they only time in, they do, Chris, is if like when the Cubs play the. Uh, a National League team, the pitchers hit. Okay, yeah. so it's like half the time or less. Correct. So they're not hitting every day. When when the guys were in the minors, and of course, many of the pitchers were good hitters in high school because they were the best athletes on the team, and that's how they got to be the pitcher. They're the best athletes on baseball teams are pitchers and shortstops. And so usually, um, they're, they're, they were decent hitters in high school. Many were certainly not because some of them were so horrendous in the pros. But when they were coming up before 1973, they hit in every game. And so they learned how to run the bases. You used to see pitchers come in as pinch runners all the time. But then you bring a pitcher in as a pinch runner, who especially as, as uh, 
uh, was done with the Red Sox, and they lost, uh, what's his name, the knuckleballer, Steve. Uh, um, Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright, and he's never been the same again because he got hit on, hurt on the base path in, in Dodger Stadium. So, you know, you can't just do that anymore. And so if you're if you're going to have these pitchers and want them to make their money pitching and they're not going to hit uh, and only hit half the time or less, depending on the league they're in because there's more national than American, you know, they're just not getting the practice they need. So it's, it's well, detrimental to them. I, th- I think probably next year, there will be the universal DH probably uh, if we have a, if we have a season if we have a season next year. <laughs> yeah. Right, whatever it happens, I will celebrate because pitching is two weeks. Starting pitching. Well, you always have a reason to celebrate. There's no. Uh, <laughs> there. the, the problem. Uh, well. The problem that with with pitching, though, in all fairness, is we really need to get whether you have the DH or you don't. We need to get back to where pitchers are pitching more than four innings or five right. innings. No. We oh, need to get I, to where I pitchers are pitching uh, six or seven innings again. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Now that's something we could all agree on. Absolutely. Yeah. That's okay. a picture stroll. But, but Jamal, see, that, Jamal, that's what makes it, that's what makes these these shows good, Jamal, is when we have things that we don't agree on. That's what the that's listeners right. want to hear. Well, you know what, Jamal, I think you've set the record for the longest call other than when we had the guests, the guests of uh, Jimmy and Larry for their football call. I think right. you've been on the longest of anybody. Yeah. So. That's right. Uh, all right. You, you had, as as, they, as uh, Jim Rowan would say, you had it taken. You didn't talk, Jamal. That's okay. correct. Good <laughs> job, right. Jamal. Uh, Okay. We covered the NBA mostly. Yeah. Okay, we're done with the NBA. So the NFL, and actually, there's a little more here than I thought because I read a very good article on vaccination, so I, I want to tell you about it. I forgot to mention it to you guys before. Julio, the big story, of course, was Julio Jones got yeah. traded from Atlanta to Tennessee for at least a, a what, a two oh, and a five? Okay, uh, I, got five. The whole, I got the whole breakdown here, Chris. It was a second-round draft pick in 2022, mm-hmm. a fourth and a sixth-round draft pick in 2023. So, okay. Is anything based on performance, or they're just going to straight out get that? If they're just going to straight out get that, as far as I know. Okay. A very sad story in football. Twin Ilkin is having to uh, retire from the Steelers' uh, color uh, booth. He's an ex- excellent color man, but he's got ALS. We heard him last year, and he would be able to – well, Craig Wolfley and he are best friends, and he would fill in the gaps because he'd say, you know, that block and that, uh, you know, uh, Jones. Yeah, Jones is doing – Jones is really – you know, he would be – he'd have the thought, and he knew where he was going, so Craig would fill in for him. And I think – it just, you know, obviously uh, this is a progressive disease. And we forgot to mention, uh, I guess we mentioned it last week about Lou Gehrig uh, Day at, in baseball. I think we did mention that. Yes, and we did. so, um, you know, that's a terrible disease. And, of course, the Ice Bucket Challenge uh, came from that with Pete Frady from BC Baseball. And so, it, you know, it's getting a lot of attention, as it should. It's very sad. And, uh, you know, he's not a, an old guy. He's probably in his 50s, you know, and uh, it's just. And uh, we all agree. We all agree that that's a terrible disease, too. That, yes. We yeah. all agree on and that. And, of course, uh, uh, Steve McMichael also has yeah, he has a new, new, newly diagnosed also. So Yeah, he the has. Guy. And they're having a GoFundMe for him here in Austin. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Right. A lot of people have been donating some stuff for him. We'll see if he comes in, but the guy they used when they uh, when he missed a couple of games with all the COVID protocols that were going on with the Steelers and everything was Charlie Batch. So we'll see if he might be the guy that uh, comes in. So, Sean, you were talking about some spring football next year and uh, too many leagues. Well, they can't do it all, but what's the no. story here? Uh, well, now apparently, as we all know, you know, The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson bought the XFL, and he was talking about coming back next year, but he's also been in talks with the CFL. You know, we remember talking about that a few months ago. But now, apparently some people don't know a whole lot about this, but they want to bring the USFL back. Remember the old USFL, 83, 84, and 85? Boston Breakers, yeah. Went to their first game. Probably, the most, game. Yeah. probably the most successful of the spring leagues because – 
they turned it into a competition. They got some talents to go just go away from the NFL. Was that but, the one, Sean, that had all the nicknames and all the the USFL? No, no, no all the nicknames no. were the XFL. Ah. Yeah, the original cool name NFL. They had the E A T. They, did, they actually the did. USFL. What was one of them? What was one of them in the XFL? He hate me. Was yeah, it yeah. Hate yeah. <laughs> but the, no, the USFL was actually a legitimate. Remember, ABC and ESPN covered it, and they yep. had uh, Herschel Walker and Reggie White came from there. And, and remember, Jim Donald and Trump was the owner of the New Jersey. That was yeah. Okay, the whole deal with them. Remember, they a number of owners, including uh, Eddie Einhorn, Donald Trump, and others. They wanted to go in the fall and compete against the NFL. You had other guys like the Tampa Bay Bandits owner who didn't. And remember, they won the lawsuit, but they won, what was it, $7? $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $3. $
Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, and these players, you know, it's easy to say that in June, but if you're 0-4 in October, it's a little harder to say that. So, you know, that's fine to say. Now, I but, but I think, Chris, that, that this Brian Gutekunst, he is going to be like – Menagian with the Angels, boy. Uh-huh. If this, if what he's trying to do with Rogers does not work, oh yeah, this guy is going to be in some major trouble. So anyway, I read an article about the hesitancy on the part of the NFL players to get vaccinated. The estimate is that there might be about fifty percent who are they. They don't know, but they. The, the problem is these are the things that uh, happen. Uh, you know. Uh, again, as I say, the NFL oh, hasn't said how many, uh, and then they they should get them because the deal is here, uh, of course, by training camp, if they're going to get vaccinated, be immune, they've got to do it now if they're going to take the uh, Pfizer and the Moderna, That's you know, right. really in the middle of June to be ready at the end of July. But they can't be released or, or tra- traded because they are not vaccinated. But if you've got, you know, three or four guys who are and a couple of guys in a position chart who aren't, you know, go figure that out. What do you think is going to happen? Because... Uh, they must be tested each day. They'd have to wear masks at facility. They'd have to sit out five days if in uh, close contact with, with the disease. Multiple weeks if they get the disease, of course, at least a couple weeks. Can't be at meetings. They can't leave hotel or, or see family on the road. And they can't leave the, uh, the home city on bye weeks. And, and, and see, and they're also saying they haven't negotiated yet, but they may do like baseball and have the teams, if they get to 85%, not have these procedures but if they don't some teams may get to 85 percent others won't and that's a bigger disadvantage in football than it is in baseball i mean it's one thing not play cards and not do some of the things that baseball players aren't getting to do but when you can't have the meetings face-to-face meetings and you have people that have to quarantine and not leave the hotel it just makes you know and then you've got people you know got 65 percent 70 percent have been vaccinated and the other people are looking at them with i would think you know man we could be having a lot more fun around here and doing things a lot the way we're supposed to if you just get vaccinated. So I think that could be a real detriment. And it's both sides. It's the conservative folks who, you know, uh, you know, there are conservative folks in the league and it's the minority folks who, who are afraid of it. So there's both in in camps that are in this league that the, are doing this stuff. So. The ones, the, the article, Chris, that I read um, was most, most people who don't have it. And uh, I've seen it from both you know, people who would be minorities and probably those, you know, who we might think would be conservative have said, well, I would probably get it once it's fully approved. Well, <sighs> I don't, you know, and, I, and I've seen that from both and sides it, of that. That's and then you have the other people that think, oh, well, I had COVID, so, you know. Yeah, well, that doesn't work because, you know, the, the people have gotten it again. I mean, we've seen that. So yeah. that's, that's not. And you saw Donald Trump who had COVID who got vaccinated. So, you know, I mean, yeah. whatever. So you really, you know, these people are trying to be scientists. There was a lot of work that went into all these, back when like SARS and, and all that stuff started, there was a lot of work that started 10 years ago to find, can we get a generic vaccine that we can tweak? That's where it's been in the in the works for 10 years. This is not, but they're too uninformed. They don't know that, you know, they don't understand it. So, you know, but this is, we're speaking as a fully vaccinated panel. So that is correct. So cool. Yes, we are. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to the NHL unless we got more football stuff that you guys you are not. aware of. Oh, I have nothing else. No, hockey, think, it's hockey time. It's hockey time. Well, the, the one just for a second, that vaccination thing is going to become a bigger, you're going to hear more and more about that. Oh my that. God. That's yeah. Really... It's, it's going to blow up, especially when uh, training camp starts. Yep. Oh. Yeah, and then you well, really get a the look more, at- And I think the more time, Chris, that people have to go by these rules again, you know, in, in the camps and what have you, that may change some minds, too. 
Yes, because yeah. what's going to happen is you can't, you know, NFL players are not shy. And if, again, you get to two-thirds of your team is vaccinated, you would need to get to 85%. There's going to be some, uh, you know, baseball's a little more individual, but the football's a team game. And once you get that close, you know, get with the program. So I, think I, I, I be bet you during after. training camp we're going to have lots of team fights. Chris. There may be some team fights about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Speaking in, of the sport that they fight in. In the sport <laughs> that they fight in. And they've been doing a little of that in the playoffs. Yeah, they, you know, right. had, a, had a couple fights in, uh, not last night, but the night before the game before with the Bruins and the Islanders. Okay, in the East, we have the Islanders ahead of the Bruins uh, three games to two now. And what is happening is the Bruins, uh, Tuka Rask is hurt, and he came out of the game after two periods, and people were saying he wasn't tracking the puck well, he wasn't moving very well, and also they've lost uh, uh, Carlo and, uh, I can't think of his first name, Brandon Carlo and uh, Kevin uh, uh, Miller from the defense, and they're two of their penalty-killing defensive guys, and John Laser is also a penalty killer. And so uh, Cassidy's already said that uh, they will not play the rest of the series. Right, so they lost, and so the Islanders got three power play goals last night. And, you know, and so between Rask's injury and this, I mean, injuries are a part of the game, but this is what's happening. So the Bruins... I think the real consensus on the talk show today of the host on both the Sports Hub and EEI was that Swayman should just play on, uh, you know, tomorrow because yep. they're facing elimination. Let's find out what he has. You know, they're always saying the stupid stuff. Well, he may not realize what a big situation is. These people aren't stupid. I don't know why they say that stuff. It's ridiculous. But the Bruins dominated. They they outshot them 44 to 19 last night and lost the game five to four because you know the penalty killing was so bad. And Rask, I think he let in one soft goal. They thought so. And Swayman, they uh, they also outshot them by so much because the traditional thing that happens when a new goalie comes in like that, especially in the middle of a game, an important game, is they went nuts on the offense and they really kept them. They played defense. They played the lights out in the third period. The Islanders only had three shots. Right. But, uh, you know, that was that, that's all right. They need, they, one of them went in. So uh, there you go. So the yeah. Bruins have never beaten the Islanders. This is their third series. And Rick's been worried about this. And I, well, I certainly was worried, but anytime you're going to play anybody, this is, Bruins have their back against the wall. Game six in Long Island. We'll give you the schedule in a minute. Tampa Bay is ahead of Carolina three games to one. And uh, they started off by winning the first two in Carolina, put the games in Tampa Bay. They're going back to Carolina. And uh, those two teams are, are pretty evenly matched. So, uh, but two teams that are not evenly matched are Montreal and Winnipeg. Montreal wiped them out four games to none, and Montreal will be the Canadian representative in the foursome. Now, where they're going to go, they're going to be going to play the winner of the uh, Vegas uh, Colorado series. So they'll go out west somewhere and probably get a in Arizona or San Jose or somewhere and they'll have a that's where their facility will be and they'll practice and play their games there. I mean they'll be out west someplace but we Well don't know and where. I also heard a thing yesterday somewhere, Chris, that the Canadian government uh is considering allowing US teams to uh, travel to Canada for yeah, but the not playoffs. until like June twenty second, so I don't think it's I don't know. We'll see. Well it isn't Maybe it isn't gonna be will. that it isn't gonna be that soon, Chris, not because soon Toronto enough. the Blue Jays are playing in Buffalo, they said now till at least August and probably maybe yeah. longer. No, I Montreal's yeah. going to have to go, and I, I don't know what they're. I guess they want to maybe decide. Maybe there's two sites, one nearer to Colorado, one nearing to Vegas, so they may not. They might just be uh, getting a couple days off and practicing. What? Well, if you're going to like in Las Vegas, for example, the best place you want to go is uh, yeah, like L.A. or something. Yeah, so they might do that. Yeah. But that's the Staple Center. If you want yeah. an NHL facility, and they're busy, so and, uh, well, yeah. and you can also go to Anaheim and use the right. Use the so that could work. But so, yeah. they, they 
really, and our, our statistics are pretty amazing about Montreal that David just gave us today. They're, they're pretty, pretty amazing. So Montreal uh, won that series four games to none in the West. The Vegas Golden Knights in Colorado, as we expected, are having a great series. It's two games to two. We expected the two, well, actually, I think people expected more out of the Tampa Bay series, too, but people knew the Bruins and Islanders and Vegas and Colorado, but, uh, you know, it, it was a little scary for Vegas. They had to win the next, the next two at home, lost their first two on the road, so now they're back to Colorado. So yep. Tuesday at 6.30 tonight, even right now as we speak, Tampa Bay is at Carolina playing game five, and of course if the Lightning win that, they move on and will play the winner of the Islanders-Bruins series. And then at Vegas Golden Knights at Colorado in game five, the pivotal game five, of course, at nine o'clock. And then on Wednesday, we will have the Bruins at the Islanders at 7.30. And of course, the Canadian series is over, so we don't have to worry about them right now. Right. And, uh, they are waiting for the winner of the Vegas Colorado series. And here's the statistics about the, uh, that David gave us about, okay, the Canadians have won seven playoff games in a row because they, they won the last three against Toronto and these four against Winnipeg. They've been, uh, let's see, without trailing, for 437 minutes and 53 seconds because they had a little bit of overtime thrown in there. So the second longest streak, the Canadians of 1960 uh, led their their two series, a four-game sweep against uh, Toronto and a four-game sweep against Chicago. No, against Chicago first round, Toronto second round, 488 minutes and 38 seconds. So Montreal, uh, and that was in 60, and of course they, won, they went undefeated in the playoffs. It was only the eight games you had to play, and they won them all. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and then, let's see, then we have the last uh, un, undefeated team, as I said, the Bruins in two, the fourth, the 2013 led uh, for 436 minutes and 48 seconds. That's the year they uh, beat the Rangers three in a row and, and beat the, I think they won seven in a row too. They beat the Rangers and then they swept the Penguins on the way to the finals against Chicago. In 92, Chicago did it for 405 minutes and 59 seconds. And in 78, Montreal did it again on the way to the Stanley Cup, 388 uh, minutes and 43 seconds. So that's pretty amazing for um, uh, for a hockey team to do that. So anyway, so that's it for the NHL right now. Uh, and, and no, Terry Price is making the big difference yes, for the he is, Canadians. Yes, and uh, you know, but when he faces Vegas or Colorado, that's going to be another. Yeah, you know, Winnipeg that, is not. That, uh, uh, not Winni- Winni- uh, Winnipeg is not. You, you got that right. And Toronto basically collapsed. So yeah. he will really be tested no matter who he faces, whether that's it's right. Vegas or Colorado. And just really quickly, uh, we had a note from David USF again, our big contributor, about Simone Biles, a gymnast. She's won her seventh U.S. title. And then uh, she has won in, in uh, competitions. She's won over the years and internationally, not, not just not separating anything out, 19 gold medals, three silver medals, and three bronze medals. So she has dominated the sport of women. In yep. Yes, and she expects more gold then. So yes. that, and speaking of the her. Olympics, one, one quick note on the Olympics, and of course we'll tell you more about this as we get closer to it. It sounds like the Olympics are going forward. Not a popular thing with the people of Japan, but they are going forward. NBC plans to use the Peacock platform and seven networks to carry the Olympics next month. And, and as I said, we'll keep you posted on all, you know, what they are and all that as we get closer yeah. to that. And I started yeah. thinking about what that seventh network would be. NBC owns Telemundo, the Spanish network. So that is probably because you've got NBC, NBCSN, MSNBC, CNBC, USA, Golf Channel, and then I I was speculating E or Bravo, or they own the Olympic Channel, but I've got. And don't they, and do don't own they also Olympic. own the tennis channel, Sean? No, no, they do not. They do okay. not. Sinclair owns the tennis. Okay, channel. but we will keep you posted on all that as we get closer. Yep. Okay, so we are time for the poll question, I think. And the poll question, of course, once again, I did I forget to ask it earlier. I, I know. 
Don't know. I think I, I did, think but did. the whole question, talking about anniversaries, some of your, I asked it, I sent it out in the show yeah. preview. Yeah, you did. But, so some of you got that, but I forgot to ask it up here, but you can dial in 646-876-9923 and then do two code 287-723-4600 at Town Key Twice. Some of your favorite anniversaries in sports, like a day that always, oh yeah, this is the anniversary or so, so that stand out to you. I mean, good, bad, whatever, you know, because uh, we've had a bunch of anniversaries here lately in this show and in everywhere, you know, Perry had his recently, had, my, had mine, a couple other people. Yeah, actually, mine's coming big up, big uh, Kathy's and mine are coming up on Monday, so there you yeah, go. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So there All you right, go. So, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll start. Chris. Well, you know, here we've got championships. I mean, I, I look at people like poor Alan Cleveland who listens to our show. And, you know, what championships does he, he remember? He's about maybe three, four years younger than I am. But he doesn't remember the 48 Indians. He doesn't remember the Browns championship except 64. He only, you know, he's got the Cavaliers and, uh, you know, the Browns in 64. And that's all he's got. I've had championships from all the teams I root for. And, How about you those know, of us who don't even have teams, Chris? Well, there's that too. You'll have to come up with some other stuff. But the, yeah. one, the things I'm, I'm thinking of now, the the first one, I tuned it in. I've told that story. I just really quickly tuned it in when I was seven years old. I heard that this basketball game was going into overtime, and the, the Celtics, whoever they were, were, could win a championship. So I tuned it in, and this crazy guy's yelling and screaming. And I did hear it. didn't understand a thing, but I did hear it. April 13, 1957, the first championship they won. So I did hear it. But first one I really experienced fully was 1959. I slept through the last game when they beat the Lakers four in a row, but 60, I was awake for that. So that's the first one I really experienced. But April 13th to 57th, then you go to the Bruins, May 10th, 1970, Bobby Orr's, uh, you know, uh, goal, you know, is up in the middle of the air, and, you know, yep. scoring the goal, winning the Stanley Cup. And of course, uh, then the Patriots beating the uh, the dreaded Rams on February 3rd of 2002 uh, with Adam Adam 47-yard field goal. And then the, uh, the other one, of course, is October 27th of when the Red Sox won the World Series in St. Louis, sweeping the Cardinals and finally broke the curse of 86 years. Uh, so, yeah, those, those are, are big ones. There's there's plenty of others uh, for other championships and other things that happened that were just cool things, no hitters and, you know, amazing performances and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And uh, we've been really lucky to, to be here with all the things that we have going on around here. Okay, so I guess it'll be your turn, Perry. Yes, and I, I give a few, a few. I mean, I suppose, I mean, you were talking about that Super Bowl. The year before that, of course, the Rams won the Super Bowl yep. against the and, Titans. And by the way, real quick, it doesn't have to be for your team. It can be like for an event, the anniversary of an event that happens, something. Right. Oh, that's true. You know, like, but, and I, I mean, there was two, two years before the Rams. The, in the middle there, and we mentioned Jim Fossil, or the Ravens beat the Giants. That's correct. Two years so the Rams that, won their two years where they won the Super Bowl over the Titans, and yep. they just about lost. It, but they they want it, so I will take the 2000 Super Bowl. Of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the 2016 Cubs World Series oh, during yeah. uh, when they were replaying games during the COVID. You know, when everything was shut down, uh, the score replayed that, and boy, I sat and listened to that game and. It sounded just as good the second time as it did the first time. And, of course, uh, locally, uh, we have the I-Cubs. They won the American Association title back in 93. I remember that when we had the guys like uh, Tuffy Rhodes and those guys on the team. So I remember that. Um, so those are a few of mine. Uh, Bill. Let's see. Um, what is it? 2007 Super Bowl, the Colts. I yep. think that's one of them. Yeah, uh, they the, played in the rain in Miami. They beat the Bears. They beat the Bears. Uh, the 1975 and 76 Reds 
uh-huh. uh, over the Red Sox and, of course, the Yankees. Those are standing out. I don't remember much about the 61 World Series that the Reds were in, but I remember the other ones. 1990 had to be a good year, too. Oh, yeah. Um, when they blasted. Yeah, thanks for reminding me, Bill. About the A's, yeah. And I was really rooting for the Reds in 76 because the Red Sox had given them such a battle. I wanted the Yankees to just go down in flames, and that was good to see. And that happened. Um, and then I remember the Reds pitcher next year, Don Gullet, going to the Yankees. Yep. Uh, but I don't know. I, You know, the Pacers championships and the... How about the yeah. Keith Smart shot? Uh, you know, with Indiana that time. Oh yeah, that was that was a good one over Syracuse. Yeah, I remember that quite well. And the team in '81 that had lost a lot of games, but still came back and won the NCAA. But the anniversary I don't like to remember was probably the 1975 team that was undefeated lost their leading player Scott May when his yeah. arm broken and then they lost the next game but that but the next year they made up for it and I don't know that there'll be another undefeated team for a while we well, thought we were close get, this year but yeah we fight. came awful close this year yep. yep so that's mine and I'm sticking to it you have right, to be bro. very, very lucky, though, anymore to be an undefeated. Now, of course, I could have also thrown in all the Bulls championships in the 90s. Those were all good, too. Oh, yeah. Robert? Yep. Well, um, uh, of course, uh, I'm I'm happy with uh, all the age championships of uh, the 70s, 72, 73, 74, and, of course, 89 with the earthquake. Who could forget that? Um but uh, one day that really sticks out to me because I don't think we'll ever see it again, June 29th, 1990. And both of these games were nationally televised. Uh, and it was, I think this is the first year ESPN had Major League Baseball. It was a yeah, Friday right. night. Yep. It was, uh, it was uh, the Oakland A's and Toronto Blue Jays in game one. Dave Stewart pitched a no-hitter. Game two, it was the St. Louis Cardinals and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Fernando Valenzuela pitched a no hitter. Okay. I don't think I don't think we'll ever see that. You, you, uh, Robert, Robert, right? Yeah. Okay, here we go. You've done yeah. it again. It's got to happen now. You no. put you I put mean, MLB on. on notice, but not the two two no hitters on the same day. They've already pitched six in like two months. No, There's but no, uh, Chris, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking about two nationally televised games that everybody could see. Uh, yeah. And, and both of them yeah. having a no hitter. Well, nationally televised might be uh, that's fine, but now yeah. everybody can see anything they want because yeah. people have you know can get. Yeah, everything. But, but, but yeah, but nationally but two on the same day. We had two in consecutive days the other day. Yeah, no, but I'm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm. I'm. Ta- I'm talking about two nationally televised games. I'm not talking about everyday baseball. And now they're all over Sports yeah. Center. And ESPN was just. I mean, they were, yeah. they had, like I said, that was their first year. Yeah, yeah they were all excited. They're the game. Uh, oh no, I, I, that's fine. I'm, yeah. but I'm just saying there will this year be a day, probably. I'm going to say that there will be two no hitters, and you know. It, oh, uh, with, with, the, with the way the pitchers have been pitching, and unless they find something with all the balls and well, the illegal right. stuff, you know. But you'll probably when Fox Sports One has a doubleheader or something, there. You know, 
But no, I mean, I cannot remember uh, a time where on the same day, two nationally televised well, games. Yeah, because up until like the 80s on a regular basis, you didn't have two nationally televised right. games back yeah. to back. You know, right. and, but NBC started doing the double headers occasionally yeah. in the 80s. It was always just one game a week. But technically, so, yeah, I guess had, we now have like three has, a day. And it hasn't happened. You know? yeah. It has not happened since, uh, no. which I'm very surprised about. So, but I'm, I'm not worried about the national television part. I'm more, more saying there's going to be, we had them for the first time since 69, we had the two in a row, you know, yeah. two days in a row. No, so I, 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 I agree with you, but I, I, that, that makes it stick out to me. I mean, that, that's a, Well, whenever your pitcher's involved, that's, yeah. I remember the no hitters we had, and they're, yeah. they're a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep. You going around so, anymore? Uh, uh, no, uh, uh, that, that, uh, well, okay. another anniversary I could throw in. How about February 11th, 1990? Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. That Saturday morning, we all found out. Yeah. And they showed it on HBO that night. That's right. So there you go. Go ahead, Sean. Okay, yeah. Sean. All right. For me, well, I was sick of a fun one. We always talk about it every July 1st. Every July 1st, oh, Bobby, Bobby Bonilla Day. Day. Bobby Bonilla Day. Oh, that's Bobby right. Bonilla Day, yep. Okay. Yeah, that's right. We'll, we'll what, be on, in three weeks, well, we don't want to spoil it, Sean, but in three weeks, it'll be uh, like a couple of days. Of, everybody should be finishing their Bobby Bonilla shopping. So we can tell everybody <laughs> yeah, what's going yeah, on. Yeah, because it, there's four, I think there's 14 more years of that. Yeah, right. and so we, until We will, until on 20, June 29th, uh, when Sean goes through his panel thing, because that'll be just two days before it, he will tell yeah. us what Bobby Bonilla Day is. I okay. think it'll be yeah. till 2035, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I think it is. And then, of course, we Wait, Steve, you know, Steve Phillips doesn't think Bobby Benia Day is very funny. No. <laughs> no. And one that I think of also, and this is just, you know, it's because we're coming up on the 40th anniversary of it. I think it would be this Saturday, I believe. Uh you know, one that was kind of a it was kind of a downer as a kid because you know that the beginning of that two month strike. I think it was oh, yeah. June twelfth, wasn't it? Oh yeah, June eleventh yeah, yeah, right. June eleventh or Thursday, whatever. Yeah, right around. Well, Friday, time. Thursday, June eleventh was the night they walked. That was the last games, and then that Friday they didn't Friday have any 12. games. Right. And I just right. remember they came back. They started playing games on the day I moved from Missouri and was moving 10. to Louisiana. That was yep. the day. Yeah. Actually, well, they had returned obviously earlier. You know, to and they. Worked out training, but the first came games back were, in that they had. As a matter of fact, what they did was they came back with the All Star game on August 9th in uh, Cleveland, and right. then they yep. then they uh, came back to the regular uh, schedule on August 10th. The next, yeah, yeah, the next okay. day that Monday night because I remember watching Monday night baseball in a hotel room oh. in Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> That's all yeah. I remember. But I just remember going. It was weird going up and down the dial that Friday yeah. night. And in June, and not hearing ball games, it was just that's right. Like, and wow, this is started to play Stratomatic on the radio one. and broadcast minor league baseball and do all kinds of different things. Yep. Yep. And now in '94, ESPN even did that. They were picking up minor league games, which mm-hmm. was kind of neat. They were doing that. But enough, but '81, of course, ESPN was just new. They didn't have baseball. Another one anniversary, of course, stands out to me is January 4th, and technically it ended Central Time right at the beginning of January. 5th, 2006, the, the game of the century, Texas-USC, you know, right. and the, in the Rose Bowl, so... Oh. Yep. And and that oh she says in the other room says it better be memorable it's her birthday but <laughs> that's right two thousand six I didn't know that so yeah right. yeah I didn't you go. know that in two thousand six but yeah nope. so they won the national championship on her birthday <laughs> yeah. yeah how about that yeah all right any, any, any callers we do Al go ahead you're unmuted right, Al, Al. Uh, go ahead unmute. 
Okay, now I unmuted myself. There you go. Yeah. Confused her. Anyway, yeah. a couple things. Uh, the first anniversary is 1969, the Miracle of the Mets. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. What that one up. I don't remember that one. Yeah. Also, uh, 1981, May 15th, uh, Lenny Barker's perfect game against That's the right. Toronto Blues. Oh, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, Joe Castiglione talks about that all the time. I think he was there. Yeah, he was, probably was. I don't know. Yeah. Was he there? I didn't think he I'm not sure. Actually, he might not have been because he was broadcasting for the Brewers that year. But yeah, right. I know what he did. It was in 77. He went to Eckersley. He found out about Eckersley, and he got there late in the game. It was Memorial Day. Right. I Eckersley I pitched the no-hitter. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I was there for that one. And the, the Lenny Burke thing was called. I think they had like 5,000 fans. At the oh, game. I bet. Yeah. yeah. But hey, those are my two couple of anniversaries that I remember. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. By, yeah, by the way, good. Good call, Al. By the way, we just yeah. uh, went through the starting lineups for the I-Cubs and the Columbus Clippers that are playing. That's the minor league team for the Cleveland Indians. I recognized one name in the uh, Columbus lineup. And, Chris, you would recognize the name as well. Ryan LaVarnway is still playing triple Oh, oh wow. Yeah, okay. he was here for a little while. I don't remember what year, but I remember him kicking around for a while. Okay. Yeah. On Some that, guys on just that won't note, quit. That's correct. But on that note, Chris, go right ahead. And... It is time for death. Okay. Yeah. First of all, we have Leon Burtnett, 78 years old, who is the Purdue football coach from 82 through 86. His Purdue record was not stellar, 21-34-1. When Purdue ever won anything lately? Uh, best season was 84 <clears throat> when they were 7-5, and five, and they went to the Peach Bowl and lost to Virginia. Uh, 84, uh, and he was the 84 Big Ten Coach of the Year. He was, uh, he had many coaching stops on his, uh, career. High school coach in Kansas from 65 through 68, graduate assistant at Colorado State, 69, defensive back coach, Montana State, 70, Washington State in 71, defensive back again, and Wyoming in 72, uh, 72, 73, then linebacker coach in San Jose State, 74, 75, linebacker coach, Michigan State, 76, then he went, uh, defensive coordinator, moving up in the world, 77 through 81, uh, for Purdue, and then, uh, and then, after the Purdue stint, running back coach for the Colts in 87 through 91. I think he had Eric Dickerson there. Uh, defensive coordinator for the Fresno State, 94-95. Defensive coordinator for uh, uh, Northeast Louisiana, 96 through 98. Defensive coordinator for the Arkansas State team, 99 through 01. Linebacker coach for Washington State, 03 to 07. It's amazing, you know. He dropped down to the small ones. He bounced back up to the bigger ones. Linebacker coach in Houston, 08 to 10. You know, the Cougars. Director of player personnel for the uh, – for oh, no, I guess it was the uh, – uh, no, a director. They called the director of player personnel, even though it was the Cougars in eleven. I guess just keeping track of who's where. And then the safeties uh, for uh, uh, Montana in two thousand twelve. And he died in his sleep. So the best thing he could hope for happened to him. We then have Mike Marshall, seventy eight years old. This is the big one of the of the week. Uh, would have been close with Joe Spot uh, with uh, Jim Fossil, but we'll get him next week. Mike Marshall, seventy eight years old. Iron Mike, they called him. He played for nine teams. He played for Detroit in sixty seven. Seattle Pilots in 69. I don't know what happened to him in 68, just a minor league season, I guess. Houston uh, uh, Astros in 70. Montreal, 70 through 73. Dodgers, 74 through 76. Atlanta, 76, 77. Texas, 77. Minnesota, 78 through 80. The Mets in 81. 
his uh, record was 97 and 112. And you know, win loss for relief pitchers is kind of misleading, of course. 3.14 yep. ERA, 880 strikeouts, 188 saves. And he was an all star in 74 and 75. He led in saves in 73, 74, and 79. He went young, the Cy Young in 74 out of the bullpen. And that's unusual. And he was uh, first reliever to win uh, in, in uh, I guess, in the National League. Maybe anywhere. Because I don't think Fingers had done it yet. I think Fingers did it later. Uh, he was 15 and 12, 2.42 ERA. He had 21 saves. He appeared in 106 game, 106 uh, innings, 208 uh, no, 106 games, 208.3 innings, which right there, that's almost two innings uh, an appearance. You see that? That's right. Believers don't do that anymore. Nope, they he sure finished, don't. He finished 83 games. And uh, hang on a second. There's more on that amazing season. Uh, let's see. Uh, 83 games, and he pitched in 13 in a row. So you know how they, oh, we got to give him a day. Well, not Mike Marshall, or Iron Mike. No. And uh, and he took pitched in two NLCS games that year and five of the World Series, all five of the World Series games. Yep. He died in hospice care. It doesn't have what it was. Ralph Davis, 82 years old. Uh, he was uh, in Cincinnati when he was a Cincinnati Bearcat, and he started uh, in two Final Four teams. And then uh, from he was there from 57 through 60. Then he and uh, Oscar Robertson went to the uh, Royals, and they won. Uh, after, and then the Bearcats won the two championships, 61 and 62. So he was with the Royals in 60 and 61. The Chicago Packers, the one NBA team uh, that went out of business in my lifetime, 61 through 62. He had a 1,195. Jamal would want to hear the name of that team, Chris. What's that? Oh, no. Jamal would not want to hear the name of that Chicago Packers. Yeah, and then they became the Zephyrs. Remember, and they were only there for a year, and then they became right. the Baltimore Bullets. That's so right. So basketball, Chicago was not ready for pro basketball yet. And, uh, you know, pro basketball wasn't ready for them. And it took a while for the Bulls to catch on, too. 1,195 points, 248 rebounds, 424 assists. And then he's in the Cincinnati University of Cincinnati Hall of Fame and, and then uh, the Greater Cincinnati Basketball Hall of Fame. We have Jim Byrne, 74. Remember, we lose a Houston uh, player every week. Jim Byrne was a uh, wide receiver for the Orioles, 70, 68 through 73. Then, of course, he went to the Chargers at 74. Uh, probably people used to set their watches by when's the annual Charger-Houston trade going to be. And then uh, 75 and 76. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay. Uh, hang on. He was an AFL All-Star in 69. And 48. Uh, he started 48 of 94 games, 142 receptions, 2,011 yards, 11 touchdowns, and then he died of Alzheimer's. We have uh, Bill Scanlon, tennis player, 64 years old, pro tennis from Dallas. He played. He died of uh, in Park City, Utah. He was an NCAA singles champion uh, in uh I didn't get the year on that. And then in the pros, he was 296 and 258, six titles, ninth in the world on January 9th of 1984. His best final uh, major finishes were in, uh, let's see, in Australian in 80. He was he made it to round two. French Open in uh, 77 and 79. And then uh, uh, he went to the quarterfinals. And then in uh, Wimbledon in the uh, semifinals. And in the U.S. Open in 83, he was upset uh, McEnroe. And so that was a good one. Oh, and, yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> okay. McEnroe, yeah. In doubles, he was 99 and 152, but he had two titles. And uh, and then uh, he died of uh, cancer. 
We're almost done. Big week this week, unfortunately, for folks. Eric Mobley, 51 years old. This is pretty young. Uh, he played at, in, at University of Pittsburgh, 91 through 94. He was the 18th pick by Milwaukee. Milwaukee played for the Bucks, 94, 95. And then the Vancouver Grizzlies. Don't forget them. That's why they're the Grizzlies. Uh, they don't have too many Grizzlies. They'd be the Elvises or something if they hadn't started in Vancouver. 95 <laughs> through 97. And he started uh, 36 of 113 games, 449 points, 351 rebounds, 57 assists, and 61 uh, blocks. And, and no, and he was no relation to Catino Mo, Mobley, and he did die yeah. of cancer. What were you going to say, Sean? I think 95, that might have been the extension year of the Grizzlies. Yes, yes it was. Yeah, I think he uh, was not protected by the Bucks. Two more. Rod, and both from the Redskins. This is, these are kind of interesting. I didn't notice them when, uh, until I was writing this down and didn't notice them being together because they were on different days when David gave them to it. But uh, Rod Breedlove, seven, 83 years old. He was for the Redskins from 60 through 64. The Steelers, 65 through 67. The Pro Bowl in 62 started 58 of 101 games. And he was 11 interceptions and nine recovered fumbles. He was a linebacker. No playoffs for Mr. Breedlove because the Steelers and the Redskins were lousy. And the last one is Vince Promuto, who also, he was a guard for Washington. Uh, he came up with the Redskins in 60 through 70. 113 of 139, 30 games he started. Eight, um, eight recovered fumbles, and uh, he had two Pro Bowls in 63 and 64, and he was one of the top 70 Redskins in 07, so that was their 70th anniversary when they did that, and then uh, let's see, he's in the Washington Ring of Fame, and he only played four games in 68 and three in 70. He'd been uh, injured, I guess, retired for, uh, and worked for the Depart the Drug Enforcement uh, folks, DEA. He was a public affairs for them, and he died of congestive heart failure, so there you go. That's it. So uh, more or two Redskins and an Oiler. A lot of football players went down this week, unfortunately. Okay. Chris, one uh, note that we uh, have we covered this a little while back. Uh, former Michigan State basketball player Keith Appling has been charged yeah. with murder after a fatal shooting in Michigan. So again, that it's now he's been now charged with murder after a fatal shooting in Michigan. But in, in all balance of fairness, let's you know let's say what it is. He is innocent until he is proven guilty. Right. Yes. Okay. Okay, Sean, go ahead. All right. Well, uh, what I am guilty of is telling you <laughs> how to listen to this podcast at any time or to tell your friends. Uh, you can download it at legendoldies.com. You can also type in Sports Lounge Live, three words in your podcatcher, have it sent to you right as soon as Bill posts it. You can also tell your smart device to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcasts, or you can check it out, 773-572-3006, option number nine. That's, and, of course, option eight is All Things Radio. Option seven is Coffee Club. So until next week, I guess we will see you all later. Have a